Hey there, welcome to the Pine Island Experience Podcast. I'm Joanna Anderson with my husband, Trigvi. Each of our episodes will be conversations with fellow Pine Islanders. The goal of our podcast is to share with you our experiences, what we have found to be fun, and what makes the Pine Island Experience so unique. We did one. It was at the Hut restaurant. I don't know if you knew that. It was in Buckingham. Uh, And it's a really old historical kind of Florida place. And people would get married there. And they had this kind of old pond there um, with an old waterfall with a bridge going over. But the setting was really nice. And people would get married there even, you know, before we redid it. Um, And then... A customer had called us. They had bought the place to to remodel it and rebuild everything. So we dredged it, rebuilt it, built a big water feature there. And I would say that was probably my favorite one that I've done. It was probably the biggest one and the most satisfying one just because so many people enjoyed it because with the weddings and, and different services out there that we'd, we'd see it being used a lot. Um, and I tried to do like a like a, a replica of that at my house, which is similar to that one. Not quite as nice because I didn't have the money like they did. But, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. That was Claude Memoli from Uniscape Landscape and Design in St. James City describing one of his favorite projects. This episode introduces Claude and Debbie, the owners of Uniscape, as well as Calusa Bug Spray, a very popular all-natural mosquito repellent they invented. Uniscape has been in business since 1986, delighting their customers with landscaping ponds, koi fish, waterfalls, outdoor kitchens, flagstone patios, and hardscapes. Calusa Bug Spray says bye-bye to bugs, complimenting Uniscape Landscape and Design's motto, your backyard is your sanctuary. And now, here are Claude and Debbie. Thank you, Debbie and Claude, for coming, for saying yes. Really happy you did that. We're going to talk about um, Uniscape Landscape and Design and the Calusa Bug Spray. But first, we'll start off with um, your backgrounds and where you're from originally and, and how did you get here? How did you end up here? And Debbie, did you, did you want to start? Sure. So I'm originally from um, Lanesboro, Massachusetts, and I moved here in 1977. I met Claude about 18 years ago, and he had, was living out here in St. James City, and I moved here shortly after that, and we've been here ever since. And how about you, Claude? Yeah, originally from Long Island, New York, and moved here when I was 11 as well. And when I first moved here, I was 11, like I said, and worked with my brother-in-law actually doing landscaping, so that was my first experience with it. And you liked it? I did. I stuck with it. That was my first job and my only job. <laughs> so did your folks then move here? At, I mean, at 11, I'm, I'm going to assume you didn't move on your own. <laughs> That's right. My sister moved here first. My sister came to Florida on vacation, then met her husband, got married and moved to Florida. So, of course, the rest of the family had to follow. So when my dad retired, which was a few years later, we ended up all moving here. It's amazing. It seems to be the predominance of like somebody came fishing here, fell in love with the island, 
or somebody's parents or uncle or aunt had bought property, they came down to vacation, and then they themselves fell in love and bought something. Right. And some of the people, believe it or not, we've interviewed started at 11. Yeah, that's a that, magical age. It must be. You know, that's that's when you start, you know, you start wanting to work and do mm-hmm. things and write. And it's amazing, those 11-year-olds, and that's when you came. Yeah. So how about your uh, former careers? Or, I mean, you went right into landscaping. I went right into it, yeah. When, like I said, that was my first job and then stuck with it until after high school. And... uh and then went into doing cutting lawns, just got a lawnmower and started cutting lawns myself and built it up from there. And then eventually, pretty soon on, we wanted to branch out and do more ponds and, mm-hmm. and water features instead of the, the landscape. And then so pretty soon on, we just started gearing more towards the koi ponds and, oh. and water features. That's cool. I just want to learn about that. I mean, uh, you know... I, <laughs> School of Hard Knocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much in the beginning, you know, there was really no internet to speak of right. to research stuff. So it was just, you know, I had a lot of ponds at my house when I found the house in, in Pine Island. Okay. Uh, I just started experimenting and building different things and, uh, you know, got my first pond job and and learned right from that and, and kept uh, tweaking it until... So we got it down. And that's a lot of hard labor. We both worked in healthcare technology. So we pretty much sat at desks and worked on keyboards uh, <laughs> versus, you know, you're outside and sweating and I assume digging and <clears throat> yeah. doing all those kinds of things. So just, that's, yeah. that's really amazing. So was your brother-in-law or whoever you started work for it, was he doing ponds or was this he just wasn't. something you wanted to branch into? It was just something I always wanted to branch into. So he, he they did landscaping lawn service and stuff like that. And I never really did like the lawn service part of it. So that didn't stay too quickly with, with for the business. But we started out doing lawn service mm-hmm. for a few years. And uh, I think I was like 19 or 20 when I started doing it. And uh, yeah, once, once we started doing the ponds, we just uh, got into getting koi fish. And we had a little koi farm going before the, the hurricane. That we actually, oh, you had a koi farm. Yeah. You're raising your own koi. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we'd, we'd end up building the ponds, putting the plants, putting the fish in there, and filtration for the people. Wow. Yeah. So well, that answers cool. the question, where'd you get the koi from? You <laughs> we would raise them. Yeah. Yeah, we would go to the koi show once a year in Orlando and buy little small, good quality koi little fish babies. from the koi show. Yeah. And grow them out. And... uh yeah, we had a lot of fun with that. Now, see, that's fascinating. We don't know it's interesting. It, until you just said it, I'm like, well, I wonder where he got in that. There's a koi show. <laughs> yeah, that you, yeah. you, go to, you know, there's all these parts to these industries that you're, I mean, I think, I guess you could, this is terrible, like plumbers may have trade conventions, et cetera, something like that. So that, you know, like what's new in, in plumbing fixtures or something mm-hmm. like that. But in landscaping, I, I assume it was more, you know, trial and error, somebody having an idea, working through it. Yeah. And then once we started going to the koi shows, they had seminars on, on the trade of, you know, best way to build koi ponds and filtration. We we really learned a lot that way. And then by setting up our, 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 uh, our farm, we really were able to tweak the filtration to get it, you know, to have really good quality water. 
How's the heat for them? I mean, I don't know. Are they are they mild weather fish or there? If it gets super hot, they'll they'll be affected. Okay. But the cold won't affect them. Oh. They could even freeze over. Not that we have that here right, in right. Florida, but <laughs> up north, it, if it freezes over, the fish go deeper mm-hmm. to where they could kind of swim and they go dormant. And and then in the springtime, they'll start moving around again. Wow. Yeah. And then is the They're, size limited by the pond that you put in? or, or It what? is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The, and, and the water quality. Okay. Like, not so much the size. We, we used to think that the size of the, the pond or tank would determine, or determine the size of the fish, mm-hmm. but... We've come to find out that it's the water quality. So if it's a smaller pond, usually the water quality isn't as good with a lot of fish. But if you have a lot of fish and really good filtration, those fish will grow out of the size of the pond. Now, does that take um, chemicals? Like if you had a spa or a pool, you know, there's... Similar similar type chemicals, but it's all natural. There are types of bacterias and enzymes that go into the water instead of like man-made chemicals. So it's all fish safe and plant safe. And is there a filter like a fish tank? Because I know I've killed several fish in fish tanks over my <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> yeah, we use biological filters. So they're filters that have the um, bacteria that lives in these filter systems. Oh, okay. And that's what kind of naturally cleans it. So it's Similar like a septic like, tank for clay. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how long do they live? Can they live for a long time? They could. Yeah, they could live up to 150 years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, they could outlive us. You have to put them in your will, right? Yes, people to, do. Yes. Oh my yeah. goodness, I didn't know you were going to say that. Oh wow, <laughs> they're adorable. They're so calming. I know. If you could keep them that long, that's pretty good. Yeah. If you could get them to that to that you're do, point, you're doing something right. Yes. But when we've gone places where they have the creeks and the koi come up because they want you to feed them, but they're they're just so beautiful and calming. Yes, they are. Yeah, very common. That's what I really liked about it is just it's it's just natural color that's alive mm-hmm. that you could introduce to your landscaping and just make such a difference. Mm-hmm. Tranquility and everything. And have any of those ponds they come with waterfall? I assume it has to have some level of variation so you they get do. the calming nature of the mm-hmm. water yep. dripping. Like waterfall that aerates the water and we add diffusers with, with compressors that diffuse the air to, to add oxygen to the water. And, uh, you know, some, some people that are really into the koi fish, not too much waterfall. It's more like filtration and, and air readers, and they don't want to distract from the, the, the water. They want it pretty calm to see the ah, fish okay. underneath. Yeah, makes sense. Okay. And do they like light? They do. Oh, they, they do? Natural light is the best, and that brings out their color too. Oh, I didn't know that. The fish, yeah. Like we had them inside to keep them out of the uh, elements and predators and stuff. So our farm was all kind of inside under undercover uh, so we could keep it the rainwater out and kind of regulate it a little bit more. But it's actually better for the color of the fish for the natural sunlight. Well, who are their predators? Oh, they have the, those fish I see on your the birds I see <laughs> <laughs> on your wall. The, with, the little, with the little bills? They uh-huh. actually attack those, a big koi? Well, we have big herons out here. Oh, They're very oh like big. the great blues or whatever. Yes, those, those are, are the ones herons. that... Oh. And cranes, uh, otters are another predator. I didn't they're, think otters could be mean, really. Oh, yeah, they're, oh. they're like the worst. Oh, otters. no. Yeah, if you have otters, they could wipe out your whole farm, really. Wow. Um and uh, there's other birds. What was that one bird that was our at our pond that uh, 
night night herring was uh mm. was out there too so yeah they you want it deep enough where the birds can't affect them like two foot and deeper is probably the, okay. the best way to go if they're too shallow then they could get pretty well oh. taken out so it's almost like the shore birds mm-hmm. that we see feeding on the beaches and stuff that everybody wants to see. Then the same really is replicated over to the, it's the same kind of feeding environment yeah. that you're recreating. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Now, in terms of size, I mean, you know, smallest to largest, like in terms of, I so it gets a little bit more complex, but same principles, but how big have you gone and how small? Have you we've, we've got them when we get the, the fish initially. Well, they're small. They're probably two inches, maybe three inches to start. And then we grow them out to like six six inches to start selling them and okay. using them. And uh, they'll grow like 18, 24, 32 inches I've seen them. 32, wow. Yeah. Big, and big koi. The koi farm, the koi shows that we used to go to get the, to get the fish, they would actually show the fish. So it was a big industry with people bringing their koi fish with beautiful markings that get judged. And some of these fish just go up like thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah, we've seen them go up to like $10,000, if not more, for koi fish. So is there kind of like the equated to humans, like a pediatric, the teenager to adult stage where you have to do different things in raising them to be able to Not really. The best way to, to grow them out is when they're... When the Japanese had it down. They have the the knack. What they would do is cultivate the fish, and they know exactly what they're looking for. So the little tiny fish, they get millions and millions of little tiny fish, um, and they cultivate them and get rid of the ones that aren't that they could see at that particular time that aren't going to be a good quality fish. So there's masses amount of them that they they get rid of. They only save maybe ten percent of the fish that they have. So when we would breed them. They weren't very good quality fish. That's why we ended up going to the shows to get a better quality, which they were imported from Japan. Oh, okay. Um, and they know what to look for. And as they're growing, they keep cultivating until they, they get the right marking that they're looking for, um, which is crisp separation between the colors, nice crisp lines, and a certain type of fish that they're looking for. Um, and then, then they sell them for a high dollar. Whereas here in the United States, like what they call the uh, domestic, domestic koi, they're just, you know, backyard breeders that grow them and and have, you know, fish that most people have in their koi ponds, you know, like uh, unless they're really hobbyists and really into the koi fish, they would just have domestic koi fish, not so much imported Japanese. Not a show koi. Right? Not show quality, <laughs> yeah, unless they're really into it. And then, I mean, some these people really get into it. They have almost like special tanks that they transport them in. And uh, it's, it's, uh, Big it's pretty out there. Big yeah. market for it. I can see why. Talk a little bit about scale of the project. So somebody says wants a koi pond. Is that like a small corner on their property? Or have people come and said something like, the whole backyard is to be this like intricate, like water park kind of thing. Pretty much both. Really? Like we've, yeah, we've, we do small ones where people have a few goldfish that they want to put in and then bigger, more elaborate with bridges going over that they, you know, want, want bigger boy areas. So we, uh, some of them, we build like a, a swimming pool and we've converted people's swimming pools too into koi ponds. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. They like their koi. They do. 
Well, you offer a lot of services besides ponds and, and yes. waterfalls, but it sounds like could, could this possibly be your favorite service? It is our favorite part and, and stonework that goes with it. Like we do a lot of stone patios and flagstone work and any kind of hardscape with rock. We, we do more so than than regular landscape installations. You know, we, we still do it. You know, like when we build water features and ponds, we'll do the landscaping around it. And we, we do landscape jobs as well. So, but our forte, I think, is more like the rock work and koi ponds mm -hmm. and water features. And the outdoor kitchen I was reading about. Mm -hmm. That must yeah, be very popular here. Kitchens. We do outdoor lighting. Oh, but the water features are your favorite. That's the they most are. challenging too. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I think they're the most rewarding. Yeah, I think, I think. It's because everyone is every project we do is different. There's no mm -hmm. two alike. And even like with the landscape design and installation, he does a lot of the design mm -hmm. and uh, and then the installation also. But you listen to people. I read in your reviews, you know, that people said, "Well, they listen to me," which is really important. So you talk mm -hmm. to them and see what they want, and then you yes. design it. Yep. So you know, a lot of times I'll see what 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 they're looking for and what, what their, their achievement or goal is for the final project. And then I'll design it and throw in my ideas and, and see, you know, what we come up with. And we present it to the customer with usually a 3D design and then we'll go from there oh. and tweak it and, and get it to the way we Do want Do they know it. how much work might be involved in maintaining it or isn't it that hard to maintain? It depends. Now, the koi ponds themselves, if you have the right, Equipment and filtration, they're really easy. Plus, we offer uh, maintenance, okay. too. So we have a maintenance division that when we build koi ponds, people don't want to do anything. They just want to feed their fish. So we'll maintain them. We'll bring them fish food. And they, they, they all they have to do is enjoy the fish. Oh, wow. That's nice. And, and really, if people want to maintain it themselves, we show them how to do it and, you know, what to do to maintain it. And it's fairly simple. It's not, it's like almost maintaining a swimming pool. Which can be difficult. But no chlorine. <laughs> can it, honey? Yeah, we could skip over that. <laughs> Is it special food? Or, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of the yes. old flakes that you used to get in the little, um, it's like a it, yellow plastic brown container kind of thing. Yeah, that, I'm glad you asked that because fish food is really important. Because regular fish food and, and the more inexpensive fish food that people feed their fish actually pollutes the water and gives a, a poorer quality of water. Some of them we even seen like oil slicks on top of the water after they're feeding the fish. And the, the ponds are getting real dirty. And then we asked them what type of fish food were they feeding. And they would show us different brands. Um, and by going to the koi shows, different distributors of, of different fish food, um, they have actually science dieted this food to the least amount of food that the fish would need and the most amount of nutrients and the least amount of waste that the food oh, that produces, the fish yeah. produces. And uh, just by changing the fish food at my koi pond or, or farm at the time, we were cleaning the troughs out like weekly. And uh, once we changed the fish food, it was like Every six months, we would clean it. That's how drastically say, different. And that rolls into the filter maintenance and whatnot. Exactly. And bacteria being able to address it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it makes a big difference. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So the fish food comes from Japan. Of our, course. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yes. But all of our customers use that fish food. Yeah. 
fact, we won't maintain them unless they use that particular fish food because it does make such a difference in, in the quality of the water. Well, you would hope after the investment, and mm-hmm. if you're serious about it, you would want to feed it the right. I mean, to, to buy the fish only to have them like not survive or something and then have to buy more fish, et cetera, or... Uh, and I'm sure the enjoyment is excellent, but the, let's be honest, maintenance isn't the most fun thing that you do in your life. So if you can do like a better quality, like you spend a little bit more up front to save down with the cleaning and the maintenance time and those things. Yes. What are, is there an installation that you, that you had the most fun with over? Because I know you started at 20, so you've been mm-hmm. doing this a while. You must have some some installations you're especially proud of i'm sure they're all beautiful but i do i have some good ones that uh we did one it was at the hut restaurant i don't know if you knew that it was in buckingham uh and it's a really old historical kind of florida place and people would get married there and they had this kind of old pond there um with an old waterfall with a bridge going over, but the setting was really nice and people would get married there even, you know, before we redid it. Um, and then a customer had called us, they had bought the place to, to remodel it and rebuild everything. So we dredged it, rebuilt it, built a big water feature there. And I would say that was probably my favorite one that I've done. It was probably the biggest one and the most satisfying one. Just because so many people enjoyed it, well, yeah. because with the weddings and and different services out there that we we'd see that being used a lot. Nice. Um, and I tried to do like a like a, a replica of that at my house, which is similar to that one. Not quite as nice because I didn't no. have the money like they did. <laughs> no. but, but you wanted but, the effect, right? Yeah. When you renew your vows, and you can mm-hmm. always go out there. Well, actually, we, we got, got married, married in front of ours. Did yeah. you really? Uh-huh. Yeah, and that was so that's beautiful. Nice. And you've made other newlyweds very happy. Yes. So what 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 advice would you give people that are thinking of this before they call you, or maybe when you go out and talk to them? Is there advice before they? Um, if they were thinking considering about a koi pond, I would say just call us, and we could give them you know any pointers and steer them in the right direction. Because a lot of times we're People would uh, call us and, uh, you know, they, they were thinking about putting the pond on the left side of the house. And I would say, well, you're not going to really see it on the left side of the house. Why don't you put it in the front by a window, by your office or something like that? Okay. Well, um, so you can so enjoy it, could, right? Yeah. And then, um, you know, if they, if, if they know what they want, then definitely I would, I would love to hear what they, what they had to say. Mm-hmm. And we do a lot of water features on pools too. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that oh, with the like stone water work, the rock yeah. work and stuff, mm-hmm. that adds a lot of value too. And it's nice. They're beautiful. You know, yeah. People probably sit out by their pool. We have a friend that's every day she sits out by her waterfall in her pool. Yeah, pools are nice, but I think that yes. the the feature, the rock feature, whatever, just it just really moves it up to the next level. It does it's done well. Yes. Almost feels like you're swimming in a lagoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That type of yeah. pool. Another calming effect. Yeah. People need that these days. Yes. Well, I think it moves it, at least in my mind, resorts tend to have those. Right. Definitely. And we do a lot of commercial work too with fountains mm-hmm. and, okay. oh. and like what you're saying. 
um, a lot of the homeowners associations. We do a lot of their water features. Oh, right, right. Entrances and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We could use something at the end here in La Rotunda and still there, that big circle. Yep. That'd be, That'd be nice. Yeah. So I noticed in the certifications and a lot of recognitions, what's the Business Hall of Fame, Best of St. James City in Ponds, Lakes, and Water Construction from 2008 to the present? That's right. wonderful. Yeah, that's an award that they that we've been getting since, uh, you know, that, that year for, for ponds and water features here. Congratulations. Thank you. It's nice to know that you're appreciated. Yes, it is. Do you have any plans for the business for what you want to do next with Una? Yeah, in the future. Well, it was starting. The, we actually lost our koi farm in the hurricane, Aww. Hurricane Ian. So we had the farm at our house, which ended up getting flooded like three feet of water in there and destroyed everything uh, that we had. Your koi said, The koi oh. went everywhere, yeah. And um, so now... We were sal- we salvaged some of the containers and we brought them to our shop and in the industrial park and we're going to start uh, start the farm there, which is higher ground now. And um, we just decided to move it to the shop. So we're in the process of that. So I'm thinking within the next year we should start getting some koi fishing again. Oh, go back to Orlando. Yes, yes. How many? I know that during the hurricane, the center, some people in the center were what did better than. Other mm-hmm. areas, but um, yeah, that's smart to go over there. And yeah, yeah, those higher ground there. Who would have thought? I know. Yeah, we were here 30 some odd years, yeah. never got an inch of water yeah. in the house. Went through Hurricane Charlie and all the other hurricanes, never even thought about yeah. it. Yeah. They said storm surges, but we never experienced it. And then, um, do we want to talk about the Calusa bug spray? So Calusa bug spray. So of course we have the landscape company. So the mosquitoes were so bad. We were almost killing ourselves with DEET. And I was like, we have to figure something out. If, you know, we have all our employees out there working in the seat and bugs every day. So I think it was in 2017 is when I started um, playing around with a formula. It's all essential oils. I'm a doTERRA representative. And that's how I kind of got into it. And um, and then I think it was Hurricane Ima came. And I don't know how it stirred up the weather, but the product, I had to double the essential oils that I had in there to begin with. Oh. So um, ours is 33% essential oils and the rest is coconut oil and water. And... Um, it's been great. I had it in probably 20 different locations, mostly out here on the island, Yusepa Island, Sanibel, North Cap. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just been a small business that's been growing. Now we recently um, just uh, started the Clusa Bug Soap. I saw that. So I that's saw been going that. very well. Mm-hmm. And we're also doing the Clusa Bug Spray candles now. Ooh. So those are just starting to get starting to get out. Um, just been manufacturing those, of course, with the hurricane. I had lost all my product also. Oh, no. <laughs> so now, thanks to the Matt Lachey hookers, they were doing the small business um, mm-hmm. grants, and we did get one for Clusa Bug Spray. So I was able to get all my supplies back good. and uh, yeah. rolling with that now. And it smells good, too. It smells great. And I it love works it. great. 
Yeah. I love it. So is the point to the soap then that one can shower, clean up with it, and it retains enough from the soap that you're protected without an additional application? Or? And it adds, it adds an extra layer, layer. to okay. it. So if, you know, if you're going camping or you're going to be out fishing and you shower with it first, you already have all that essential oil in your skin. Okay. And then you're going out and you're spraying also, so you're like double protected. Gotcha. Well, I notice, what is it? You, you say you shake it? Because it's essential oil, yeah. And shake it up. Spray, spray it, it on, rub it in. And rub it in. And mm-hmm. I never heard, I mean, deed, I'm not going to rub that no. in, you know, but with yours, right. oh, that's that's an advantage. Exactly. Because who knows what you're hitting when you spray. Right. But if, you, if you're rubbing it in, then you're covering all the areas. Yeah, and there's no deed. It's all, you know, all natural. So people really love it. Did you have any chemistry background or is this more of a chef recipe kind of? Yep, that's what it was. Messing around in the kitchen kind of thing. Yep, it was like I said, putting it together, getting, you know, testing it to where it worked mm-hmm. and then um, adjusting it after that one hurricane yeah. that came. And then. Uh, now, how did you test it? Well, us and the employees. Test subjects like us. And and the subjects (laughs) knew, no, I'm not getting bitten. Yeah, Yeah, and our employees, I mean, we have nine employees, so, or we did. We'd send them out of spray. (laughs) Does it work? (laughs) We live on Pine Island, so it's like if you can control it here, you can control it anywhere. Well, that's true. And your yeah. team's going to tell you if it's working or not. Right. Right? Definitely. And, so yeah. they must and I love assume it. they were all willing participants. <laughs> yes. Definitely. And you can go up to any one of them and they have it in their pocket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw one of your reviews on that was um, I, I bought, I they had bought one bottle and they said, we're going to get a case now. You know, that's they how do. much they love it. buy it by the case. They yeah. do. How many iterations did it take? I mean, did you have some initial success and then some initial failures or did you get some success and then said, okay, what do I need to do to, I mean, other than the Irma adjustment that you made, yeah. but kind of the original That was the only adjustment that I really needed to make. Okay. Um, and it's the same thing as doing the soap and the candles. You know, it's getting the right amount that you need to add to, for mm-hmm. it to do its job. So, and that's the same thing. It's just practicing, getting to the right amounts. And do you know, does it affect them the same? I, they're attracted to carbon dioxide, I believe. Is it somehow clouding their ability to track the carbon dioxide when we exhale? Or, or do you know how what the repellent effect is per se, or it just works? Yeah, it just works. Interesting. Now you said, the, I, I love your Instagram. Those pictures are beautiful. Do you take those pictures? We do take most of the pictures. Oh, they're gorgeous. But you had like a female mosquito and a male mosquito. And you said the the females, was it, is it the male or the female? It's the one that... Female. Yeah, likes blood mm-hmm. and the male doesn't, mm-hmm. which I found that fascinating. Yeah. You know, well, you know, what's up with that? That's where the out for blood came from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. But yeah, you're, yeah I love your Instagram. Thank you. And then you have a lot. And I imagine that cartoons are coming from you, Claude. Yes. yes. Well, yeah, how did I know that? <laughs> With the cartoon. Well, that's a great, those two videos are great that oh, you thank did. You. Can, um, now for purchasing, I've noticed a pl- there's places on Pine Island you can purchase it. There is. And then can they go to Doug Taylor Circle to purchase it or is it? No. no? That's, that's not, not a retail business. outlet? No. no. But they can go online. They can go online to calusabugspray.com. Okay. They can order it right there. And then, like I said, it's at many of the shops out here on the island, and they're all listed on the website also. And then you've been making it for three years? I can't remember how many 2017. years. 2017. Oh, quite a yeah. while. Time flies. Yeah. And then it was during COVID. And yes. Yeah. 
but yeah. Yeah, a lot of time in your hand during COVID to experiment. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I I think I read it's good. Is it good for noceums too? Noceums yes. Too? Okay. Yeah, we hate also. those. I know we, we do too. That I, seems I, to be I worse than the mosquitoes at times. They are. But we didn't know when we first moved here, we were coming on weekends. And one of the first evening strolls we took, we're walking down this parkway over there and we're going, oh, you know, we did not know what was hurting our skin. We ran back to the house. We did not know what that was. Yeah. You couldn't see it. No, exactly. <laughs> Good thing from the pictures I've seen. I'm glad you can't yeah. see them. Looks like all jaws, like mouth, yeah. but a little tiny bug. They're, they just, they hurt. <laughs> they do. But, um, and he's more, way, way more sensitive than I am. So we had, we had installed nosium screens, right? Out back. Yeah. Well, they don't work as well for you. But no, that's good to know that your bug spray will work. Oh, yeah. The noceums are bad. Oh. Yeah. And the mosquitoes bad. this past week, I've seen them. Uh, so many of them. I don't know. All of a sudden, they started With coming the rain. out. Yeah, it must have been the rain. I don't know. But no, that's good to know about that. How about just Pine Island? What are your favorite places to go? Where do you like to go on Pine Island when you're not working? Other than your koi pond, I mean, it'd be hard to leave your outdoor. <laughs> stay home. <laughs> we do stay home. Um, we do like to bike ride, though. Oh, we do okay. a lot of bike riding and just going up and down um, the island. Mm -hmm. uh, Tropical Point, of course, is a beautiful place yeah. to go. The best sunrise. Yeah, you I think? take my bike there every day. Yeah. Um, but um, we frequent pretty much every place on Pine Island. You know, we always try to support our local businesses mm -hmm. on here. Um, I don't leave the island that much at all if I don't have to. I like to stay on island. Um, Unfortunately, all our work's not on the oh, island. Yeah, so, so we go, we travel, we go up from Sanibel. That's where we're working now. And then um, up to Ponta Gorda Way, um, Stero. We don't go to Naples. Um, but yeah, we travel pretty far. Sarasota. Sarasota. Inglewood. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. So I'll leave. Oh, yeah, all the county and, and Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. Is Sanibel mostly rebuilding stuff, or is that actually mm -hmm. somebody? They're rebuilding. New? Yeah, they're. It's in pretty bad shape. Like going there, it takes a couple hours to get there mm -hmm. uh, because of the traffic and all the all the workers and contractors that are going there. That's it's mostly just that. Yeah. You know, all the traffic is just rebuilding. You know, there's there's so much rebuilding out there. It's it's. Uh, I mean, Pine Island was devastated. Matt Lachey was devastated, but Matt Lachey was a small area. Yes. If you like, Sanibel is just miles and miles of that same devastation. Um, so yeah, they got a lot of rebuilding. To yeah, do we're working there. at the shopping center out there right now at Pierwinkle Place. We're doing mm -hmm. our water features that we have. There. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice shopping. Yes. Yeah, so we're restoring that one. Their pumps got all flooded and uh, they decided to make a few changes to there. So you, you, as I, I guess a good percent of your business is after the hurricane, right? Helping to rebuild or? Well, what yeah. we did after the hurricane is, of course, there was no landscaping work or right. um, what we do, you know, uh, rock work. It's done a necessity. So people started calling us and like, will you clean our pool? So we cleaned oh. pools for a few months because oh, every, okay. all of our customers of were like, can you clean our pool? So we did that for a few months after the hurricane. Yeah, and, people uh, had like 
fish in their pools and a boat in their the pool. Tide, right? or, yeah. yeah. And still, even till now, people are just not ready for landscaping yet. They're yeah. still working on the inside of their homes. You yeah. Know? So um yeah, we're just patiently waiting for the business to pick back up. I think us with a lot of businesses have noticed a big decline in business. Mm-hmm. And it's led us to have to lay off a few employees. Oh. And um yeah, we're just you know, taking day by day and yeah. starting things are starting to pick up now. People are coming back. They're yeah. getting their homes done on the inside. So now they're able to call us to do work right. on the outside. Well, some people didn't come back last year. I don't right. Think. They haven't even been here they yet. They didn't want to. But I think you'll see a big change this year. Yes. Uh-huh. But to your point, I mean, there's still roofs that need repair. and Yes. We just finished our house last week. <laughs> it's amazing how much many tarps you still see on the houses no, out there that still need roofs. Well, and- we just had that painted. It, it yeah. took this long. It's almost a year. Yeah. Yeah, because our, our cupola left us. Oh, it did. And, and then some water came in that oh, way. Wow. Yeah, who would know? No more cupola no, for us. Friend from England. Did away with yes. that? Yeah, that's probably better. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we had a friend from England reach out and say, how's it going? I said, well, we're doing okay. But I said, if you're talking about, to your point, Matt Lachey's still devastated with homes falling into the water and I said there's still roofs in need of repair, but you know, on the outside, nobody understands the uh, the demand uh, for contractors. And um, plus, at least, I mean, I agree with you about supporting local businesses, but I also want to use contractors that I know and trust, right? Uh, kind of thing like that. So in, you don't have a pool of a couple different hundred contractors, at least in my view, right. that you can use. You're down to pool of five to ten that you can use, and. Everybody seems to know who the good ones are. Exactly. And so you queue up yeah. um, to get that work done because it is your home. Some of the service vehicles or the company vehicles and personal? or Mainly it was our personal vehicles. Luckily, we had to service and, and work vehicles at the shop. Okay. Okay. And yeah. Uh, yeah, luckily we did because when the day after the storm, we made our way to the fire department. They didn't have any fire rescue trucks here or any, anything. No ambulances here. We ended up cleaning our box trucks out and donating them to the fire department oh, to transport people off island. And then after that, they used them to distribute water on the island Supplies. until they were able to get some some of their vehicles back in. Oh, that's great. You were able to do that. Yeah, that, that worked so out nice. well. Mm-hmm. See, those are the kinds of things, in my opinion, that really need to get out because you guys donating the trucks for the right reason and other people were coordinating um, medical supplies and opening a clinic and... There's all these great little things, and I know it's, it's easy to, you know, these communities, we all bond together. But, I mean, there's just all these unknown contributions that um, have really made a tremendous different impact to the island. And uh, I know they were bringing um, for those Army meals. MREs were coming down the street. Somebody got Papa John's to get delivered into neighborhoods while people were cleaning the homes. It's, it's a, well, you know, you could drive to the center and get food, but who wants to leave their home when it's, can't be locked. Yeah. You know, holes in the side, debris in the yard, and the, like the, weren't they delivering a food breakfast too? I think. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. They, it was so nice. People were driving, it's all community, and they were driving around delivering it because you couldn't leave your home. Yeah. I didn't want to yeah. be at the house either. I was but, up at the World Central Food Kitchen oh, working up there. Oh, oh nice. meals nice. up there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. The community really pulled together yeah. is just so. Nice to see, yeah. you know, that just, I mean, just everyone pitching in yeah. and just helping one another. Just 
it's such a good feeling to 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 do it and to see it. Yeah. You know, um, it was really amazing. How grateful we were to be on Pine Island. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We have yeah. family that was from Fort Myers Beach that didn't get a tenth of the support that we got here right. as a community. Yeah. Yeah, the churches, the legion. I mean, every every area of the island had these central places yeah. to come and get stuff. Like um, the the blue tarp is at the legion. Mm-hmm. Ice, and you know, both directions. Yeah, we were going there every day getting ice. Yeah. yeah. No, it was wonderful. Oh, yes, All the support. Was. And then um, what was that army that came around to tarp us? The Cajun Navy? Yeah, uh, Cajun. The Cajun Navy? Was it? But they were both here. I mean, can yeah. you imagine if the people didn't have tarps and couldn't get them done? Yeah, the Cajun Navy, the day after the storm, was it two days after the storm? Um, I had my dad living with us. He was 98 years old, and we had him floating in a kayak oh. in the bedroom oh, <laughs> because the storm surge was so high. And uh, there was the, the fire department had no way to get him off the island. Right. Well, they you know. couldn't tell us where he was going to end up. And the Cajun yeah. Navy came in to rescue him. My daughter had already arranged for them to come and get him on day two. And they came and took him out by boat. Good. Took him to, to family. The mm-hmm. My sisters picked him up like two days after the storm. <sighs> so he made it yeah. just fine. Yes, he did. Yeah. Is he back now? Uh, he passed oh, away. Oh, I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. He came that. back in December. We, I did. was able to go up and pick him up. He was in New Orleans and I came back and picked him up and he came home and had Christmas with us. Oh, sweet. And enjoyed okay. Christmas. Oh, yeah. So he had a good Christmas. He did. He did. Yeah. Um, we mentioned the websites a couple of times, but let's make sure we get the URLs out because I know they can buy the bug spray there. Right. Mine is calusabugspray.com. Okay. And then Uniscape is uniscape.com. Okay, perfect. And that has phone numbers, et cetera, and other mm-hmm. stuff, but uh, certainly the online ordering, the locations on the island for the bug spray. Yes. And then the consulting and the design work then comes through the other website and getting a hold of you. And yes. the business hours match in both, I noticed. They yeah, do. They do. <laughs> Coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yes, and a lot of customers still call us on the weekends, and we always answer the phones. Oh, so. do you, you shouldn't have said that. You want us to, do you want us to bleep that out? <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, that's I'm part sure. of the small town, right? That wouldn't happen in a large community. Right. I mean, or it wouldn't get answered or nobody would call one or both. We don't mind. You know, people Monday. will be like, I'm sorry to call on Saturday, but I need this or can you help me with this? But, you know, we emergencies always happen on the weekend. They have do. you noticed? I mean, with everything, mm-hmm. you know, it's never and Monday through Friday. If it's a koi pond situation, even Sundays, because I know people are in love with their fish like that. Yes. So if it's a Sunday and it's one of our customers, usually we'll go. You know, we'll go and take care of it. Like you know, if their aerator went out or something like that, and they're panicking, uh, we'll steer them in the right direction. Normally, it's just like, okay, go to PetSmart and get an aerator <laughs> and put it in, and your fish will be good till Monday. <laughs> oh. All right, this is probably out there because you. Yeah, love them like pets. Uh, do, they do. Do people have like their aerators? Have you installed like a generator backup power? Yeah. Have you really? Yes. We've installed generators, <laughs> backup powers, battery backup systems, you know, extra aerators. Um, most of the people with fish, they'll have like two different sources. They'll have a little waterfall or fountain which produces air and an aerator. Okay. In case one of the pumps go out, they still have some aeration going in there. Yeah. Us too. I mean, we have a separate generator just for our fish. And sure. that's the yeah. first thing. Before we take care of anything, the fish get the air. Yes. <laughs> well, certainly at the farm, you would have multiple systems, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. It's a commercial entity. But when you get 
Um, I mean, we're pretty lucky, I think, with power's on quite a bit. We get some brownouts and whatnot, mm-hmm. but that's Florida. But all of a sudden, when you said they love them like a pet, I'm like, because I read years and years ago, and a long time ago, people back then were spending like $8 billion a year on their pets. It was some crazy high number, right? Mm-hmm. And that's probably been 10, 12 years ago. And then when you said that, I'm like, I wonder what extent they go to with their koi pods. Oh, yeah, they all have yeah. generators. And- yeah. Well, they love their koi. They do they do. name them? Some do, do yeah. Name some your, they don't. Do name I never named mine no. because I always had a price tag on mine. Oh, <laughs> don't want to get too close. Get too no. Thirty dollars. No. Yeah. But I imagine they. Yeah, exactly. They probably act like Oh, you like forty-five? Like sure. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, or about sixty over there. He looks good. <laughs> I can see them recognizing you and following you around. They do. Yeah, yeah they get used to you, yeah. and they, you know, they know when you're coming. And when strangers come up, a lot of times when I had people come and I go to feed them, they would be hilarious to sure. come up. You know, once the people left, I'd feed them, they'd yeah. just come Your up. Your family. So they know. So. Oh, that's special. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, this has been wonderful. I didn't yes. know that we weren't going to ask you about Koi. Now we did. And that we learned so <laughs> much. That was fascinating. Well, thank just, you. Just fascinating. And I appreciate you both coming. Well, thank you for thank having you. us. Thank you so much. Welcome. We hope you enjoyed our Pine Island Experience podcast. If you have any ideas for us, people to interview, or any comments, please feel free to email them to us at pineislandexperience at gmail.com. That's pineislandexperience, all one word, at gmail.com. Don't forget to like us, and you may subscribe to this podcast using all the major catchers like Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Thanks again for listening, and remember, island life is a constant vacation. We'll see you on the next podcast.